Hello, I'm Melvin O'Doom. Now, most of you know me as a radio and TV presenter where I've interviewed some of the biggest names in music and film. But you may not be as familiar with my not-so-successful dating career. Well, that's all about to change as I share the highs and lows of my love life in my own podcast, Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. I've invited some of my oldest and newest celebrity friends to help me improve my dating game and Saturn tells me they're not going to hold back. So let's not hang around. Let's get into it. So this week on the podcast, I'm joined by a presenter, YouTuber, and I think it's fair to say social commentator, Lewis Ball. How you doing, Lewis? I'm doing very good, thank you. How are you? I'm all good. I mean, I'm really excited because this is the final episode of the first series of the podcast. So you're a big deal to be here for the final ever episode of my podcast. I'm honoured. You know what they say, save the best to last, go That's out with a bang. That's what they say. <laughs> and Lewis, what have you been up to? Um, I've been up to bits and bobs um, here and there all over in summer. A few festivals, a few holidays, you know how it is. Um, keeping myself very busy and not in trouble. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> now, do you mind me asking you about your dating history? Because this is what this podcast is about. You can absolutely go for it. Go crazy. So what's going on with you now? What's your relationship status? So I have been in a relationship now for, I want to say, around like a year and three months. Yeah. So yeah, been in that since then. No breaks, no hiccups yet. Touch wood. We can officially say, you know, when some people are like, yeah, we've been together like two years, but we were on a break for like eight of those. And I'm like, that's not two years. Like <laughs> I can officially like a solid one year and three months, no breaks. Um, actually, he's on holiday right now, which is the longest that we've been apart, which is two weeks. So this is our official break, I guess. <laughs> OK, well, I've been stalking you a little bit on social media leading up to this. And I noticed there aren't many photos or any photos of your boyfriend. So am I guessing, is he the person taking the photos? <laughs> um, no. F- funny thing is, I know a lot of people are like, oh, we purposely don't post anything online. We don't do this. We don't do that. We It's for our own privacy. I couldn't, it's not for that. Like, it's genuinely just like, we're not that type. I can, I genuinely think I can count on one hand the amount of pictures which we have together. We're just not those type of people who like go out and get a picture or go out and do that. It's not that I'm purposely hiding it. And like now and again, he'll like pop up in the back of something like, cooking something in the background because trust me that's not me doing that um (laughs) if i'm like giving a review on a tv show or something you'll see a head in the background with like pasta steam coming up and i can tell you right now that is not me i'm not touching those pots and pans um but (laughs) it's just like it doesn't come to my mind i'm not like oh i need to do that i need to post this which i think is probably why because i know a lot of uh people who are in the same industry as me have gone down that route and then they have to go out and make the whole statement and the whole Thanks for all your concerns. A few of you may have noticed that recently we have not been together. <laughs> if it ever comes, if it ever comes to a, like a notes statement on my Instagram story, that's when I know I'm in too deep. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I was speaking to Pete Wicks about this, and he's he's had a lot of public relationships, and he said it is difficult because you can't. It's not just a thing of where you have to make a decision to leave that person. You have to kind of also discuss with that person how you're going to advertise to the world that you're breaking things up. So I, I actually think it's a smart way of doing things. If you, if you're, you know, you're a YouTube star, everyone knows who you are, you have a following. So people are going to want to know about your relationship, but by keeping that private, you don't have to share too much. You can kind of keep it to yourself. And also I think it's different when your partner doesn't do the same thing. Like 
they're just in a normal nine to five Monday to Friday job. They don't want to go in to work and then have to come home and be like, oh, can you just sit down and rate my boohoo man order and like out of 10 on what you think these are? Like, they don't want to do that. That's not what they've gone, they've purposely not gone into that. So it's just easier like that. And then also it doesn't get into the messy situation because I've had friends before who have dated people who weren't sort of influencers or YouTubers or any of that. Dated them for a year, being very public and obviously through that organically, like their partners gained a following. Then they've broken up and then their, their their partners got their own like influencer bag and they're doing brand deals left, right and center. And all of a sudden it's like, you'll turn up to an event and your ex is there. And it's like, wait a minute, before you met me, you were working in construction. Why are you now at this pretty little thing event? <laughs> now, Lewis, I've got to say, when I told some of my friends that I'm going to have you on the podcast, they were super excited. Now, I know you have a massive following. You've got a lot of fans. Do you feel like some of them demand to know a little bit more about your love life? Because that essentially, that's what your your job is, is to share your life with people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't keep it completely private, which is what I, always, like, I'm not like, I, always, I like, I speak about it briefly on like YouTube and stuff and occasionally pop up here and there. But I feel like because I sort of laid it out from the start, like that it wasn't going to be like a whole public thing. It wasn't going to be like, the next Kim and Kanye, like, dressing each other up. Like, it was always, like, never a thing. So it never then became a thing to everyone else. People have been really respectful and, like, about it as well, which I obviously really appreciate. And I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where I didn't... I was never in a relationship for so long. I never publicly spoke about, like, dating or anything like that. So then when I just, like, quietly, briefly slipped it in that I was in a relationship, everybody was just like, oh, okay, okay, he's been waiting long enough for this, let's just leave him to it and not mess it up for him. (laughs) So can you talk to me about your first ever date with your partner? Like, who initiated the conversation? Quite an interesting one. We talked on and off through, like, different lockdowns for about 10 months. Um, On and off, like, replying to each other's stories, stuff like that. And then... (laughs) So two of my best friends used to live together... And one night, the three of us were out and one of them went, like, the three of us were out and one of the girls was like, oh, I'm actually going to go meet someone else and go out. And me and the other girl were like, that's really pissed us off. We thought we were having a night out all together tonight. <laughs> so we were like, let's go back to the flat and host a big flat party. So when she comes back from this night out, there's loads of people in the flat and she's just like, where have all these people come from? So we were inviting everyone we knew, replying to everyone's stories that we saw out being like, come, 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 come. And I asked something like, what are you doing tonight? He was like, I'm at a really boring party. And I was like, oh, we'll come to this one. We're getting everyone here. He was like, can I bring 15 friends? I was like, yeah, bring them all. 15 all come friends? <laughs> what? Who is this dude? <laughs> we were all going, well, he was already at a friend's birthday party. Right. So he brought a whole all of his entire party to this new flat party. Amazing. Um, and that was actually how we first met. And then we went on a date a week later. And then the rest was history. What was the first date? Do you remember? Um, yeah, we went for some drinks and I so almost pulled out on the day because I was so ill. I think I had gotten food poisoning from the night before. And I can't believe I'm admitting this. This is probably so TMI. But I woke up and I had like sweated so much from being ill that like my sheets were wet. I was like, oh my God, I spent the whole entire day in bed. He never, he hadn't texted me the whole day. And I was like, I'm praying that this boy's forgotten and like we can just not do this and pretend like this has never happened because I'm scared I'm going to like throw up or sweat or like just smell or something is going to go wrong. Um, so I was like, oh, hopefully they've just forgotten. And then at 5 p.m. I hit my phone goes like, ding. And I was like, oh, for fuck. 
I was like, you've got to be going to be. And I almost cancelled, but I was like, no, let's go. But you know what? I actually worked out all right because I didn't have time to psych myself out. I didn't have time to like think about or anything. But I was like, I'm so ill. That's not a great first impression. Like give them some contagious illness to go back to. Like (laughs) it's harder leaving them with like (laughs) a great like, oh, I need to see him again. Like probably getting a restraining order or something or like. And it wasn't contagious in the end, which made me think that's why it was food poisoning, because he didn't get ill. <laughs> okay, okay. That's that's a very good sign. The thing is, you've reminded me of when I went on a date once, and I got food poisoning on the date, during the date. And so my belly started all kind of like grinding up. So I went to the toilet, and I couldn't move, Lewis. Like, I was in this toilet. I locked myself in. I must have been gone easily for about 30 minutes. She must have thought no. I jumped out the window or something. She... Finally came and knocked on the bathroom door. And I said, look, I have to leave. I was so weak, I couldn't drive my car. So she drove us home and I crashed out on her sofa. And I remember feeling like she really cares about me because she didn't just leave me. She didn't just drop me at my house. She like took me home. Like she drove the car. She let me like chill on her sofa. And I was like, you know what? This person's really genuine. And I think it's a similar thing with your partner because he didn't go, oh, right, this guy's trying to make up something to get out of the date. Like, he genuinely cared about you and you continued dating afterwards. So, yeah, I think maybe have food poisoning on. That's the real test of if someone likes you. Have food poisoning and see if they stay with you. Well, if they're a good person, because if it it was flipped the other way around and it was me on this date with you and I had to carry you out of bathroom and drive your car home, I think maybe she's just a better person than me, but I don't think there'd be a second date on the car. (laughs) So... Have food poisoning, but only if you think that your date is going to be a good person because <laughs> That's a good some point. people are better people than me. We're just not good people, Lewis, basically. <laughs> Do you have any rules around dating? Are there any do's and don'ts? So is there anything that you just will not have? Like if you're dating someone, you do not have this. A lot of people say that they couldn't date someone who has no style, right? Right. You either have to have like impeccable style, like better than me style or you don't i could easily also date someone who doesn't care about fashion at all and will wear anything the i don't believe of, that for lewis bro no, i've checked your pet you are sharp <laughs> even when you're casual you're sharp i don't believe that for a second no because i can date them if they don't care at all and they just wear whatever it's like right that's fine but it's as soon as they start trying and it's missing and as soon as they start trying and it's like no that's when the issue arises so it's fine if you don't care about it but just don't try. Don't bother. Just okay. leave it at home. Okay. And also, like, then if they don't try, then it's like a little project. You can you can build them up. You can. Like... <laughs> Have you ever done that before? Not yet. Not me. Let me not say not yet. I'm in a relationship. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, I I would take style advice from you definitely. I think you could help to uplift me wardrobe. <laughs> but I want to just give you a bit of history about this podcast. I kind of started it because. I wanted some advice, like fun advice from my friends and, you know, to be possibly hooked up by some of my well-connected celebrity mates as well. Um, And I have to say, I I have genuinely learned a lot about myself and I've been given some great advice. Now, I know you're a big fan of Love Island and Laura Whitmore was on the first ever episode. She's a good mate of mine. She was really honest. She gave me some great advice. I think her main bit of advice was just focus on one person. She said to me, if I went to Casa Amor, I would end up bringing back all the girls because I wouldn't want to leave anyone out, which is spot on for me. Um, <laughs> um, but I want to find out from you, like, do you think that when you're dating someone, 
Should you just date one person at a time or is it okay to, to speak to a variety of people at one time? I don't know. You see, the thing is, because when I'm with my current partner, within the first week, I, wasn't in, I didn't care about speaking to anyone else. Like I, like, I wasn't fussed. Whereas when I've been with people in the past, which have never resulted in anything, I cared. I was still looking for other things. Right. So it's almost it's like to me, it's like if you're still looking for something else, then maybe it's just not that initial thing there. But I also think it's good to protect yourself because I've also been in incidents before where I've just cared about one person and I thought it was much more. But there was a miscommunication. Wires were crossed. There was no conversation that had been had. So I thought that it was all exclusive and we were just together. Very much wasn't. It was, it was for half of Southeast London, apparently. But um, <laughs> So I think if there's a good... You need to have a conversation. Once there's a conversation there to sort of like hold a barrier, then it's like, you know. And I think that's probably the most important thing for me anyway. Because if we don't have the conversation, I'm a very paranoid data. Right. I'm like checking background of Instagram stories on like locations. I'm checking follower lists. I'm on... You know how, how you can go on... um. A browser, if you go on Instagram on like a laptop browser and click following, it comes up in chronological order. Are you being serious? <laughs> so wait, 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 no, no, no. It's like, slow down, Lewis, because you, you're changing the game right here. So if you go into what into Instagram, you can see the, yeah. the order of the, the follows for that person. In chronological order on Instagram.com, like on a web browser. Uh-oh. So I, I'm very good. If any of my friends ever need like, oh, I've met this guy last night and like, I really like him. I'll find him on Instagram within the day. His mother's maiden name and how many dogs they have at their family home in Birmingham. Like, I'm very, very good at stalking. But then it becomes an issue when it's for my own sake because then I know everything. Whereas my friends can live in bliss and ignorance and if they just need this one bit of information, I'm like G.I. Jane and I'm getting it for them. But because I know how to do it all, it festers all up in my head and I'm just like up on Instagram every night like... It's gone up from 687 to 688. Who is number 688? <laughs> <laughs> but Lewis, do you find that if you're, if that's your mentality, that you're looking for stuff, that sometimes you'll end up finding things that don't really mean anything? Yeah, no, 100% and I have. And I still don't seem to learn my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Someone else we had on the podcast who was lucky enough to have Amber Rose Gill, who I absolutely love, an amazing guest on the show. And she was talking about dating post Love Island because she was like, a lot of people feel like they know you because they've watched the show. So she prefers to date people who don't really watch Love Island, who don't know too much about her her life as a, a celeb, essentially. So do you find that you, you kind of date people who know about your world or do you date outside of the industry? Like, what is, what's it like for you? Um, I don't really think like I have a preference only because... I know for a fact, even if they didn't know who I was before, they're going to Google and search anyway before I even meet them. Because I I don't like I know I'm a very nosy person as it is, but I think it's human decency to make sure you're not going to be chucked in the back of an Uber and never see your family again. If, if If someone comes into your DMs with like a blue tick. I'm going to Google them because I'm like, let's find, let's find like an IMDb page, yeah. a Wikipedia discography. Like there's something out there for you to have that little blue thing next to you. So you're going to search them anyway. And the person that I'm with now, two months ago, like, no, I genuinely never, I genuinely never. And then one time they said something and I was like, how do you know that? Yeah. And I was like, 
Yeah, you little shit. Like I know, like I know you did because it's just like human inclination to drop a Google or like something like that. So I don't really have a preference. Have you ever had to explain what you do to to someone you're about to date or that you're dating? No, I've had people obviously be like inquisitive and don't really know about the whole industry and stuff. But I, I've never had someone be like, "What's YouTube.com?" Maybe it's because like I've never, I've never dated some anyone over the age of like forties. That's probably like gotten me like. Do you ever feel like that's a disadvantage because if you meet someone who essentially knows a bit about you and you, for for you it's a completely clean slate. You know nothing about that person. Yeah, I do think it is slightly awkward especially because i think like i am the real me on like all my social medias and stuff but uh, most of it is like me at like the most energy probably after like two double shot ice lattes like very very hyper so i'm obviously still like i have those moments in real life but i'm not like that 24 7 so i'm sometimes like oh after like a few weeks of getting to know me you're gonna be like this isn't the person who was like screaming down at a canon g7x on youtube before (laughs) this is a lot more mellow and sometimes i have 10 years worth of my life online on youtube so they can go and look at me pre-puberty when i was in my puppy fat phase when i was in my like annoying phrases like i when i used to go around and say like slay to everything like there was many many stages of me online on the internet and my digital footprint is one that is quite terrifying so I do sometimes I'm like don't look at that that's that's, I've changed I promise (laughs) but in a way I kind of like that it's like you know when you go to your partner's family house for the first time and then like their mum pulls out like a photo album and you get to see where that person was like or even like Facebook I think Facebook for a lot of people you can go way way back and kind of see what they were like growing up. So, I mean, for you, it's advanced because it's like, that's in like 4D. That's in 4K as well for you. So it's, it's a lot deeper. But I, I think it's kind of nice at the same time. It's a full picture of that person. Yeah, but I feel like when you go to a family house, you get to look at cute album pictures of like them as a child and them at like a school play or them at doing that. Not like a 14-year-old, like chubby little kid doing the chubby bunny challenge with marshmallows. Like... <laughs> Like it's very, it's not, it's not quite cute when it's like eight marshmallows falling out his mouth. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna Google that straight after this conversation. Right? <laughs> One of the videos that I I love you doing is your celebrity outfit reviews. Now I've got a little something that I want us to do on the podcast right now. I'm gonna tell you about uh, an ideal dating scenario that's been sent in from our listeners, okay. and in the same vein. As your outfit reviews, I want you to review that scenario, okay? Okay, okay. So the first one is a picnic on the beach. If we're talking about a UK beach, I'm not there. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> what? I'm, There's some nice beaches in the UK, Lewis. I am missing that Southeastern Railways train to Brighton. Like, oh, sorry, missed the train. Like, we're going to have to... <laughs> However, if you're talking about flying me out to the Maldives for a week to have a picnic <laughs> on the first day, I'm there for that. Like, I can be that one. All right, the next one is a fun activity like mini golf or bowling. If they're good at it, just imagine going on a first date with someone, bowl after bowl, it's just gutter, gutter. Very, very traumatic. You need to be very confident in your bowling or mini golfing abilities to be able to offer that. This is one I've never done before and I've been on a lot of dates. Axe throwing. 
I'm not turning up. To, never mind not turning up today. I'm calling the authorities. I'm calling the police. <laughs> Please. Like, that's not an appropriate first day. I don't think I've even met anyone in my life who has been axe throwing before. So for you to then come forward and suggest it as a first date, suggest that like you probably even have like a loyalty card to this place. <laughs> we'll turn up at this axe throwing venue and they'll, they'll be like, all right, Jamie, like lane number six as always. And I'm like, <laughs> I think I would have to politely decline on that one. Okay, cool. This one I've done a few times. I'd like to see your views on this. The gym. You have been on like first dates to a gym. Yeah, it's. Do you know it is because of I've dated girls who are really, really into the gym. So they'll be like, "Let's go to the gym for a first date." Oh my god, I could not think. I, I'm going back to the axe throwing venue if someone offers the gym. <laughs> I'm like, wait, no, never mind. I'll take lane six. I'm very unfit. I don't like any of those devices in the gym. I think it would be very embarrassing for me, especially because I wouldn't even know how to even begin to use. Also, but like, are you, so are you, I, I need more details on this gym date, Melvin. So I do, I do like, I do kind of very lightweights. Um, not trying to get hench out here, but right. I'm trying to get a little bit of definition and stay in shape. I do a tiny bit of cardio. And a lot of the time, if I'm dating someone that's into the gym, then they can show me stuff as well. I, I quite like going to the gym. It's not very romantic, but I don't mind doing it. I'm just trying to work out the logistics. So are you guys like on like treadmills next to each other, like both running at incline six, <laughs> speed nine? But then you're out of breath. How are you chatting? Like Sometimes we just go off and do our own thing. And then sometimes like I'm terrible, for example, with legs. And girls generally are great. At squats, and to be honest, I'm a man that enjoys a good bum bum. So I'm happy to stand behind and enjoy it and watch someone doing squats. So usually I do legs, or they just do their own thing. I do my own thing, and then we kind of have something to eat afterwards. I have to admit, I have done a gym date a few times. Interesting. I can't say it's something. I'd also be too self conscious of like if I start sweating too much, if I start smelling, if I, it's like, it's, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. What if you like drop a weight on your toe? Like that is just so icky. Like there's too many risks involved in this. So I would have to say no. Okay, so we've got another one. I feel like I know what you're going to say on this. Uh, a cooking class and wine tasting. How about the day is they go to the cooking class while I do the wine tasting and then we come together, they bring me the meal and I pick which wine we drink. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and this is the final one. It's quite specific. April the 25th is the perfect date. It's not too hot, not too cold. Uh, all you need is a light jacket. Full stop. That is a pretty strong one. I would say I do like a winter one. Summer's risky because what if they are having friends who are like encouraging hot um, girl slash boy summer and they go on the date and then they come back and they get their like minds twisted it's like Catherine Moore winter I'm sorry every other Tom Dick and Harry are in a relationship in winter you go out for dinner or you go out to winter wonderland or you go out for a stroll in the park in winter and all you're seeing are couples you're seeing no single it's my manipulation into them thinking I need to be in a relationship as well <laughs> Lewis do you have an ideal date for yourself Thing is, I think I get, I don't like using the word ick because I don't think it's like a real thing, but I get cringed out quite easily when things are taken too seriously or things are doing that. So I'm quite simple. Um, I just like going for some drinks on honestly, that's pretty much my ideal day. However, if anything does happen, touch wood in my relationship and any potential suitors are listening, that does not mean that I will decline 
flight tickets, a yacht, <laughs> a Rolls Royce to put me up. I'm not saying I'm easy to please. I'm just saying <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> right. So for the final time this series, it's time for... Moments Dance <laughs> Now, this is the part of the podcast where I talk through some of my many dating dilemmas and you tell me what you would have done in this situation. You're up for that? Okay. There was this girl who I had a crush on for a long time. She worked on the door for this night called Cherry Jam. And Lewis, she was so classy, like always dressed to the nines, hair always on fleek, always on point. Finally plucked up the courage to ask her out. And I think she just said something like, I'm going to be in central London. Let's go window shopping, which I've never really done before. And we ended up in Selfridges. And I'm sure you know it. There was the, the Louis V store where all the bags were there. And we walked in. And at the time, like I was, I was, I was working on the breakfast show. And I always used to have like this tiny little like rucksack. I think it was like a North Face backpack, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I need a new bag. She's like, Mel, check out this bag. And we saw this brown Louis Vuitton bag. It was sick. I stood with it in front of the mirror. And she said, Melvin, that looks sick on you. You need to get it. And I was like, okay. And she was like, let's find out how much it is. <laughs> I'm thinking, I didn't come here to buy nothing, but I thought, all right, let me see how much it is. So we're at the counter now, Lewis. And the woman behind the counter said, I'm not going to say the price, but all I'll say mm. is it was just under a grand. That's all I'll say, right? Right. But it was more than I would pay for a bag. Mm -hmm. So she's there. She's like, buy it. She's like, it looks sick on you. Buy it. And then the woman behind the counter was like, this is such a good quality bag. You have to get this bag. So I'm there. I'm thinking, the girl that I've got a crush on is saying, get this bag. The girl behind the counter is saying, get this bag. I'm going to look like a proper cheapskate. or something. Sutton said to me, I, I have to buy this bag. And I felt so uncomfortable about it. But I bought this bag, like took out my wallet, got my card out. And I've never given someone my card so slowly. I was hoping it would decline <laughs> or something. And I paid for this bag. No word of a lie, Lewis. This is about 10 years ago. I still have this bag now. It's battered upstairs in my wardrobe. But I, I refuse to throw this bag away. And it, that was like number one peer pressure. I don't think she even knows that it was because of her that I bought the bag. I was just trying to impress her. And I bought this bag for her because I didn't, didn't want it. It was way out of my budget. And because of it, I used it every single day. And I remember doing a shoot a few months afterwards and I left it on the side and the cameraman accidentally ripped the side. <gasps> so there was a, like a tiny rip on the side of this, this bag. And Lewis, you, if you ever saw my face, I was so upset. Like, and the guy just he came up to me and said, oh, sorry, Melv. Like, and, and they know me. I'm not going to have a go at anyone. I didn't have the heart yeah. to, to tell them how much it cost me, but it broke my heart. But if that was you in that situation, you're with your crush, you're at a shop, they ask you to buy something way out of your budget, what would you do? I'm not going to lie, I would have done the same as you, especially because you classified the detail at the start of the story that she was like, you know, a classy lady, dresses well, like looks nice. Like if she then is like pointing clothes out or pointing something out to you after you just specifically said you're looking out for that item, <laughs> I'm, you're just, I'm swallowing my pride, taking the L and praying that we're staying together until like, my birthday soon yeah, so yeah. some sort of the funds can be refunded through a transaction of like a present like it's like oh at least like a, a third of that bag has come off from like a present that she's given me like, you know and i don't know why i didn't think to take it back i should have just gone to the shop the next day and, and returned it i don't know why i didn't do that 
it would have been more embarrassing um, than saying just no on the spot if you did that. And then like a few weeks later, she was at your house being like, where's that bag? Like, I've never seen you wearing it. And you're like, oh, shh. <laughs> like, oh it's gone. It's a... I went and I took it back in to get engraved or something. And you're like running back to the store like, actually, can I have that bag back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> So for the final episode of this series, I thought I'd ask our listeners for their best bits of dating advice. And they really came through for me. So I'm going to share some with you, Lewis. And let's see how many of these you think I should actually take on on board moving forward. All right. So the first one is be honest and open about what you want from the relationship on your dating profile. Ooh, on your dating profile. Take my advice with a pinch of salt because my dating history is not incredible. But I don't think... I would necessarily say that because I think someone who may not want, say if you wanted something really serious and someone was just looking to go on like a casual date, they might immediately say no to you. But then if you never had that, you could have gone on that first casual date and they could have been like, actually, they're amazing. Yeah. I think it's important to be honest and open with what you want early on. But from the jump, I also think that could turn people away being like, God, he's a bit of a keen bean. Like, I don't know if I would go that far. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Because I think you're right. You could just end up scaring people off with too much information. And I think if you allow someone to to meet you and then make a decision, I think you're exactly right there. I'm with you on that. All right. The next one is be your real self from the get-go. If you can't, then they're not right for you. Yeah. I mean, I would say that. I mean, I guess also people, like I'm never as extremely comfortable with someone to begin with. But I think being yourself is important. And I think also, uh, if we're talking about being true to yourself, saying an accurate height description and not lying about (laughs) height is very important as well. Because the amount of times I was height-fished when I was dating, and someone, especially people who are 5'10", love to say they're six foot. I am six (laughs) foot, and you are not six foot. So don't put in your dating profile like bio six foot if you're not six foot because I'll, I'll bring it I'm gonna start if I have to ever date again with bringing tape measures to these dates to actually clarify so be honest about your height because I'm telling you I'd rather you be honest and say you're 5'10 than me turn up and be disappointed like <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm I embrace my height I'm only 5'5 five five, Lou so like even on my Wikipedia, it's got my height. I, I, I embrace being a short guy. I, I do not care. But that's me all day long. Um, this one, I think, it sounds like it's written by you, Lewis. Stick to drinks only on the first day. Avoid sitting through any awkward dinner if they're not into you or if you're not into them. Uh, I mean, I know it, what you are say, what you said earlier about um, at least if the date's awkward, you've got a whole like dinner and a nice thing out of that. Thing is, good thing with drinks is you can drink a drink in 10 minutes and wrap it up if it's going awkward. If you're sat there waiting for your mains and it's like, oh, gosh, this is taking a while, isn't it? And it's, it's, it's they've ordered something like the most like a long, like it's like a slow, something in like a slow cooker. It's going to take like hours to come. And then you're just sat there like there's that risk when it comes to dinner that you're going to be stuck there for a good few hours. And it's almost even more awkward because it's not even like you're getting like drinks down you and getting yourself a bit like loose. It's just like you're sat waiting for like, a hog roast to come around the corner. <laughs> hog roast. <laughs> uh, this one says, don't bypass red flags, even if you can't quite recognize exactly what they are. I would agree with that. I think it's not necessarily like 
end it, but it's definitely important to bring up the red flags, especially if you can't understand it, rather than just, oh, there's a red flag, it's time to jump shit. Because it might be a red flag that they've not realised that they're red flagging. What they're saying is quite tough, because if you can't recognise what they are, then how do you know if it's a red flag to be fair? <laughs> um, but fair enough. Uh, this one says, never lower your expectations. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But also, sometimes you have to. <laughs> Um, the next one is communication is key. No one is a mind reader. Don't string people along. I definitely agree with the string people along part. But also, I'm going to sit here and be like, yes, communication is so key. It's so important. I'm the worst communicator ever. I'm the type of person where it's like, what's wrong? Nothing. No, no, like something's <laughs> clearly wrong. I can read it. No, no, it's absolutely fine. No, seriously, it's completely fine. Don't worry about it. I'm that person. Um, so I need to, ever then to my friends, I'm like, you need to be open. You need to communicate in your relationship. It's so important. So I need to take my own advice, but I do agree with the advice. I just can't seem to take it myself. Okay. Um, this one says, always trust your gut. Yeah. I do think gut instinct is always right, but it's always annoying because sometimes you get the gut instinct too early on. It's like, why am I getting this gut instinct now? And then in two years time, you're like, oh, that's why. And finally, this one's my favorite. Ask yourself, would I be friends with this person if we weren't dating? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I'm with that one as well. Would you usually stay friends with your exes? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's another story, Lewis. No, um, no, I don't. Let's just leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. All right, cool. Well, listen, Lewis, this has been an absolute pleasure. I want to say it's been an honor having you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing and being so honest and open with me. Thank you very much for having me. I'm hoping that with Hayden History can be looking up in the future. <laughs> <laughs> A big thanks to Lewis for joining me on this week's podcast. And you know what time it is by now. Play the music. I've learned so much throughout this series and I'd like to say a big thank you to all my guests for opening up to me and allowing me to open up to them. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you. Yes, you. Thanks for listening to this series. Thanks for sending in your dating stories, your bits of dating advice, your dating dilemmas. It's all helped me through my journey and I hope it's helped some of you guys out there too. And finally, a big thank you to Tinder. I have loved making this series and you've helped make it happen. So thank you so much. You've been listening to Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. Melvin Meets His Match is a Sync Clap production. Executive producer is James Deacon, my boy. Research and scripting, Esther Lyons. Our editor is Chris Attaway. Our audio mix by Mal Lissetto. Additional production from the Sync Clap team. Social content has been created by Keep Beep. My name is Melvin O'Doom, and I'll see you next time. Sit clap. <laughs>